dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 173 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins, our day and night, Billy Beeman, and we have a special guest. Welcome back, Jake Abrams. What's up, guys? How is it going? Yeah, welcome back, Jake. It's uh, it's going, it's going. If I uh, disappear for a minute, I'm taking care of my child, but uh, yeah, man, we got the stream going. That was that's that's number one. Well, you know, before the baby hops in, let's let's get into it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, so we'll start with some news and some nonsense. There's not a lot to go over this week, but uh, the big one that popped up today, and we kind of had some sort of thought that maybe JT was not quite right at the end of the game there. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor, thumb injury, bad enough that I think he's going to need a small surgery. And according to his boss, he's going to be out two to three weeks, but uh, we'll see. You're on mute. (laughs) Coming at the worst possible time. Uh, not being mute, but but JT's injury, yeah, absolutely, absolutely terrible, man. I have a ton of teams with JT, so uh, I'm not looking forward to this stretch w- without him. It, I don't know. It's it. There's not much to say, I guess. If if you can snag him off of a contender, if you have pieces, right? Like now is that opportunity for sure. If there's maybe late deadline or no trade deadline, like that's definitely what you should be looking to do. As a JT manager, you should be holding on for dear life and just hoping you can make it to the finals and he comes back. Ah, Zach Moss to the moon? Jesus. What's Zach Moss's price? More right than now? it was two days ago. <laughs> I mean, a, like a high still, second? I, mean, I don't know, a second? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think a second. I, done. A, a contending second should get it done. So like 210 to 11 probably still gets her done. I bet there are a lot of owners that were sad at when he dropped off. And now can actually get back their price that they were trying to shoot for. So ends of the time, they absolutely should because I don't think you want to have another sell opportunity for Zach Moss. So this is <laughs> yeah. this is the best one you're, you're ever going to get. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right. The news: uh, Frank Reich uh, fired there in Carolina. Didn't make it through the whole season. Probably for best. <sighs> Just like a dysfunctional team and so you just kind of question everything they do but uh this can only it can't be bad for bryce young right no it can't be bad i guess it just depends what you know who they go with i guess it could be bad depends who they go with but it wasn't working with reich so um you don't often get coaches fired this quickly so i'm kind of surprised that this happened but that's this might just be kind of like David Tepper, the way he, I don't know, the way he he runs his organization, I don't know, but yeah, it sucks. Like there, there's going to be a buy low window on on Bryce Young if you want to take it. I'm not sure that's my cup of tea, but it's definitely going to be there if you want. I read a stat that he's the first ever coach to be fired in back to back seasons. Ooh, oh, that's impressive. Probably won't have a head coaching job anytime soon. Uh, not likely. Not. Probably not. Oh, that's pretty good. But yeah, I mean that's basically all the news and nonsense. Uh, I mean. Can't really blame Bryce Young struggles too much on uh, him. I wouldn't uh, do that quite just yet. Obviously, the coach got fired again, back to back years, apparently. And his number one receiver has been Adam Thielen, who's like 75 years old. So uh, personally, I'm not out on Bryce Young yet. I definitely wouldn't be. I'd be kind of excited to see what happens. At least the see what you want about the owner, but at least he's making moves fast to try to correct things, hopefully to create things but he's just made terrible head coaching hires uh for years i mean he's still paying matt rule and he's going to be paying matt rule for like another five years or something like that it's ridiculous 40 40 mil was the number off of matt rule's contract and now another 30 mil for frank reich so he's 70 million in the hole on just contracts that coaches didn't finish which is pretty impressive work uh though one thing i will say given to your point about adam thielen being their number one wide receiver 
The number two wide receiver on paper was supposed to be DJ Chark, who was perpetually injured. Uh, their number three wide receiver was a rookie who jumps out of bounds when trying to catch the ball, Jonathan Mingo. And the number one tight end is, you know, a perennial dud in Hayden Hurst. So, you know, like, I don't think that they really set Bryce Young up for success in terms of offensive weapons. And we're not even counting the offensive line, which isn't particularly very good either. So, you know. I mean, that segment right there is why we have Jake on for sure. Like, oh my God, perfectly said. Uh, but I, I will say, like, as if you're a buy low candidate, I don't know what confidence you have that they're going to pick the right guy going forward or do right by Bryce Young. Given all the things that Jake just said, so you need to be a pretty uh, a pretty staunch believer and, and I guess have the time or the depth on your team to kind of take on that risk, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. Would, you, would anybody here pay 24 first straight for him right now? No, I just wait to see things turn around a little bit and then pay more if I have to. That's, that's, that's yeah, that's low, low. Yeah, no. yeah. That fall, fall from grace. Okay. It is. All right. So, what did we learn? What stood out from week eleven? Sorry, I I, I couldn't get out uh, the not DJ Chark, but Jonathan Mingo jumping out of bounds. Couldn't get that out of my head. Like, like just all the comments. Like, he tried his hardest to get out of bounds to stay out of bounds. Yeah, just amazing. Mm. I, I will say, I'm pretty proud of myself. I had absolutely zero shares of Mingo. I just I never once was a believer my, my at all. Share. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you get for him, or you put him in a package? Uh, it was a package. Um, him in a first uh, for Jared Goff in a league where I lost to Sean Watson, and I'm first overall. Yeah, yeah, that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now I just lost JT on that team, but all right. Well, rest in uh, peace. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm, dude, I have this bye week. I have to start nine, and I don't think I have nine players to start. That's how bad it is. It's just, whew, wow. I hate the late bye weeks, man. Brutal. Yeah, no. it's rough. Anyway, especially anyway. Josh Allen's been carrying. Anyways, all right. Um, so what did we learn? What stood out? Uh, Rashawn's future. So let's talk about Rashawn Johnson a little bit. Uh, rookie there, in Chicago. Slow start. A lot of hope uh, to see what's going on. Foreman has actually been one of the better backs there. He's missed a couple weeks. Um, there's still a lot of Khalil Herbert love out there, but this last game that they played here on Monday night. Rashawn Johnson had 65% of the rushing work. Do we see this happening moving forward? Is this a sign that things to change? Is this somebody that we should try to get now instead of waiting for? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like... <laughs> it's it's <laughs> not that I don't like Roshan. I think he actually looks pretty good. Honestly, it's just I don't know what's going to happen with this team with the coaching staff, with Justin Fields. It's just like so much uncertainty around this team. And there's like a couple guys there, Khalil Herbert. It's just, he's ne- he's never going to be like a workhorse that I think, you know, you want, I don't know, to, to be playing, you know, every week. He's going he's gonna to be a good flex play. I don't know. Roshan's probably going to have a lot of weeks where he has, you know, these numbers and he's going to have some where he's probably just below 50% and somebody else, the hot hand take some more work. So I don't know. How do you guys feel about Roshan? I'm in the same boat. Honestly, like for me, specifically with running backs, I think they're very dependent on how the rest of the offense is kind of uh, depicted. So if I don't feel particularly strong with a quarterback in that team, I don't really have that much faith in the running backs. There aren't a lot of situations bar the top, you know, five guys in the NFL that I feel like can still succeed without a top tier quarterback to make them good. And you'll really start to see that with Roshan if he was just running by himself with, let's say, Tyson Badgett, for instance. Um, There are weird circumstances where guys like Deontay Foreman look great in this offense, and I won't take that away from them. I think that's just weird circumstance situations rather than Roshan having a future in this backfield. Level-headed as usual. All right, uh, Puka versus Tank Dynasty assets. All right, who do you got, Puka or Tank? Straight up. I uh, I, th- I think I think I have Tank at this point, um, simply because I think he's had a similar rise in uh, in production, in opportunity, and and clearly they both have um, the skill set, and they're both very talented. But I think that Tank Dell's attached to. CJ Stroud for at least four or five years here. 
And and while Puka, as great as he is, um, later round pick, also have no idea who his quarterback is going to be long term. So um, I just think Tank Dell is a much more stable asset. And and you know I think that we don't we we may not even have seen the heights right. This is his rookie year, so who knows what it looks like. He he could definitely be a top twelve dynasty wide receiver or you know better in the future, um, despite the size, right? Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat. I honestly haven't been particularly high on Puka this entire time. You can bring out the receipts of me talking about him, even though I've I've owned him in I don't know three or four leagues just because All I right, think that's I it. Get off the kind pod. of jumped. You're done. <laughs> sorry, no, no, sorry. You're I, I, family, I, you're sorry, no, no, no. Come on, <laughs> silence me, silence me. Um, but no, I, I think I think the reality is that Puka's heights at the beginning of the year really are just accentuated from circumstance more than anything else. Um, I think the Rams offense is kind of like in this flux situation where we really don't know what the long-term future even looks like with Sean McVay, let alone their quarterback situation. Um, You know, this is going to be one of those coaching standoffs. I feel that we're going to have to deal with every single off season. Is Sean going to stay? Yes or no. And it's not going to be any like long-term contract situation i bet he's just going to sign little bumper deals one to two years every every couple of years to just make sure that he's making top tier money because i just don't think that he really wants to be there unless he's making top tier money and from everything we understood in the off season tv wants to pay him real good so you know one of those jobs comes with no attachments that's one of my concerns with puka and i think D'Amico marines will probably be there long term in in Houston, but head coaching jobs do change pretty quickly. So, yeah, something to be aware of. It's all fair. All right, as uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson well, with the Tank Dell. Sorry, real quick. Uh, Tank Dell has already surpassed Puka in dynasty value per keep trade cut. He's wide receiver 11. Yeah. So he's already a top 12 wide receiver per the community. So, yeah, you probably missed the boat um, if you didn't get him. I tried to send. Kenneth Walker and George Pickens for Tank Dell. And the manager told me, uh, I'll wait till one of us is out of contention to to maybe make a, a more creative deal. I was like, mm. but that shows you where it's at. Like I thought that was a I thought that was a super strong deal. I was just gonna get accepted no matter what. And uh, it did not. Maybe I say maybe he saved me. Offer. I don't know. <laughs> Jake's eyes. <laughs> Dude, that's, that seems so expensive. Yeah. Like, I under I understand he's on a rise right now, but that's gnarly. We're talking about potentially what was looking at like running back six, running back seven three weeks ago to give him up plus pickings for a dude who is like wide receiver 25 at the time like that's just fucking nuts like i'm, so, I'm sorry <laughs> he's wide receiver like, 11 right now though. Yeah. yeah i get it no, i no, get it yeah, like, i mean that's that's also market or, or community but um no 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 you're right and honestly like i said i think maybe he saved me you know like sometimes the best trades are the ones that don't get made are the ones that your um opponents or, or league mates um reject yeah most of my most of my best trades. <laughs> Jake is over here in a daze right now. <laughs> that, that, I mean, you offered a, like I'm surprised it just didn't get accepted. Yeah, no, yeah, he was, he yeah. was like, yeah, the, he's like, there's no argument on the value. It's just if I want to offload this asset, essentially. I think I talked to you guys about this in the Discord, and I was like, oh, because he had a weird verbiage. Yeah, I mean, I I cleaned oh, up the verbiage for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember. Okay, I remember yeah. that. Never mind. I don't know why I'm acting like. Yeah, that. I don't know why you guys before. like. Yeah, I was gonna say but, you're like, huh? All right, all right. Amnesia's hitting right now. Give me cartoon eyes. All right. <laughs> so back to DTR. Is he worth a stash? He's I don't think so. Me neither. <laughs> Jake, just move on. I have him stashed in like three leagues, but I don't think he's worth a stash. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I thought he. I thought he looked okay. I thought he looked okay. I think he is worth a stash, given you know the injuries with with Watson and just the uncertainty that we've seen around his career in general. Um, he's the best quarterback I think they put back there so far. I think he's destined for probably a backup job there, if not um, elsewhere. So yeah, I think he's worth a stash in super flex leagues. I don't think it's like, I don't think he's going to be a starter. But he might be like Tyler Huntley plus. Like he might actually get a, a start here or there, That's something true. like that. That's fair. It's kind of the same thing. 
And I would say, yeah, Tyler Huntley is worth a stash. So yeah, what am I talking about? Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, you got me. All right. You got me. TJ right. Hawkinson over Andrews in Dynasty. Are we there? Uh, no. I, I'm I'm personally not. Uh, I still I still, but I think there's a good argument for it. Um, TJ Hawkinson's like two years younger. First of all absolute target hog on his team team that's going to be much more pass friendly uh i I actually don't know his contract jake i don't know if you know uh hawkinson's contract off the top i can we can find it here while we're talking but um yeah like i think there's a strong argument for it um i just think that like i think hawkinson's much more of like a floor type tight end rather than upside though he's he's shown plenty this year but i think it might have been somewhat circumstantial in terms of of uh, justin jefferson being out injuries all around uh obviously to kirk cousins so yeah i i don't know what's the what's your thoughts on it jake i mean i feel like you you would think uh you would go hawkinson here right yeah i would because you know someone happened to have sent me uh this exact trade when they were looking at me potentially trying to move down in a particular league see if i could um take andrews for hawkinson straight up and i basically was like no i can't do it straight up and you know Billy being Billy, he wanted he wanted a, a pretty fair deal. I think that was a fair deal, but it's just not where my values sit. Um, and you know, funny enough, if we're talking about crazy community value, I happen to have just looked it up, and the tight end one to the community is Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta is tight end one, so that's why you know these these jumps of of Tank Dell's value are just fucking nuts. And Dalton Kincaid, tight end three above Mark Andrews. Like, people are just insane. Don't trust KTC. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, my point is that I do actually have Hawkinson above Andrews. It is very slight. I do think that the age gap is is important. I also think that, to Billy's point, his usage though last year was still relatively high as basically their wide receiver too, um, given that Justin Jefferson didn't, like, he wasn't injured last year. Obviously, Jordan Addison wasn't there. Their number two wide receiver was a broken, very old, potentially even rotting Adam Thielen. So, you know, it's important to put that into consideration. But I don't know. Given what we've seen so far this year, his usage with both Kirk Cousins and now we'll just call him the astronaut. Mm-hmm. Pastronaut. <laughs> the pastronaut. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. We, we love puns. Um I think Hawkinson over Andrews personally. Yeah, I I I think the thing. Sorry, just to uh, I guess clarify about Hawkinson has always been that he's more of like a low yards per target, low yards after the catch kind of player. Whereas you know Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, those guys can be game breakers where they have a little bit more upside. They're a little more dynamic. I think people see like Trey McBride that way. You know, guys like that. Speaking of, I think forty. There's a a poll that uh, Dynasty Zoltan did that had forty six percent going Trey McBride straight over Mark Andrews in Dynasty. So there's definitely opportunity to go get Mark Andrews if you still believe, which I think you definitely should still believe. He has plenty, plenty, plenty left. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Jake puts out a very convincing argument for for Hawkinson over Andrews. Right? Is uh, Austin Eckler washed? Now, I watched him run. I know what you think. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, I might beat this dude in a 40-yard dash. Oh, no. No. No, I couldn't. I know I couldn't. But I would just – he he looks – I mean, it, it's just the reality of the running back situation. It's just the reality. He's old. He, he takes hits. He's often injured. I mean – Billy's getting the timer out right now. He's, he's going uh, to run forty. He's going to time you. <laughs> I, okay. I, he. I just. I mean. I like. I love Eckler because he's so involved in the fantasy community, and we all want to love him. But like, reality is, he's an old running back, and probably one of the smartest decisions that the Chargers did this offseason was not give him an extended contract. Well, yeah. I mean, from the NFL football pers- perspective, that's absolutely true. But was he watched three games ago, and he was the running back four or the game before that when he was running back four or running back six or the first game of the season before he was injured when he was running back two. I don't, I just don't think he's washed. Like I think he's super injured right now. I think he has, I think he's dealing with an ankle injury, which is obviously going to slow you down in general. 
and and he's got to play like he, he's got to play this team is struggling so yeah i i don't know like i don't think he's washed i think next year like he's not going to get any better that's for sure so like am i excited about the proposition of rostering eckler long term no you just got to hope and pray that he gets right towards the end of the season here for you in the fantasy playoffs there's no doubt about it he's not right and he doesn't look good um i mean you can't i don't think anybody can argue that but i don't think he's washed personally yeah there's a guy in d too who doesn't think he's washed tried trading for him multiple times over the last three weeks and he's thinking the guy's got like three more years left in his career so you know there's guys out there that believe is all i'm saying you can move him still is what what i'm hearing got it name value name value yeah exactly exactly just make sure he's not on that owner squad (laughs) okay all right next one is kyron williams for real hey welcome back kyron williams came in there uh not only did he like put up like good numbers, like you know, at the end of the day, like he got us a lot of fantasy points, but he looked electric. Like he looked really, really good. Is he a top twelve back in dynasty? Yeah, he's just outside of per keep trade cut. He's running back fourteen. I mean, it's pretty impressive what he's doing, right? He just had one forty three on sixteen carries, and then six for six in the passing game, two touchdowns receiving. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's not sustainable. I feel like he's he's not a huge back, right? He's like five nine, just under two hundred or something. Which, you know, everybody's dispelling the size stuff. But seriously, long term for running backs, like how he get he first of all, he's had multiple foot injuries already in his career. That's what kept him out originally. His rookie season was, I believe, an ankle or a broken foot, and then this was another ankle injury and. Uh, Again, I, I'm not like a big injury prone guy or anything like that, but it's it, he runs pretty violently. He's not the biggest guy. Um, he's not a high draft capital guy. The team we're talking about Puka Nakua not stable. I mean, what happens when Matt Stafford's gone? So you know, it, there's so many factors that make him such a risky asset. It's probably much better to to move off of him now and, and try to sell yes. for some you know I, I don't even know you could probably move him for like deandre swift plus or something like that and it might be a good move given deandre swift still 24 years old and, and on a great team so um maybe a move like that makes sense i don't know what do you guys think i agree with everything you said I mean, you didn't mention the fact he's slow but <laughs> then, like i mean first of all like we got a guy with a stopwatch at the at at, at the combine messing this guy's career up to no end like clearly he's good and you don't need to be like uber fast to burst through a hole for 10 yards or 20 yards or whatever just anyway yeah try to give all the information (laughs) everybody here is a Kyron sell like nobody's a buy yes i'm a Kyron sell the only guy that i would say in uh, keep trade cut that i actually have him over that's ahead of him is josh jacobs um i'm actually pretty low on jacobs moving forward and so I would push Kyron ahead of him. So he's probably just touching top 12 for me. Um, but yeah, it's it's just teetering. That's interesting. Cool. I don't, I wouldn't Josh want Jacobs. either one of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't want either of them. To be I guess honest. I would take plus on, on either side of it, but I guess that makes sense. Like Kyron's younger and uh, and he's good. So yeah, that's an interesting one. All right. Um, this one actually like, stood out to me watching the games. But the Steelers' offense, uh, post Matt Candida, got canned, Candida. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work that out somehow. Um, but Matt Candida got canned, and so the Steelers' offense had a different play caller, offensive coordinator, call it whatever you want. But like I'm trying. Uh, but Pickett was out there. He was actually throwing passes that I never seen him really even try to attempt. It just seemed like he was at confidence and just trying to like just making throws that like I don't think he was either allowed to try to make or felt confident to make but it seemed like there was a lot more I didn't look at the numbers to verify just what I saw but it looked like more of his passes were just like okay I'm gonna chuck it down 15 20 yards way more often middle of the field way more often than he has before I think it's just a a, from a actual football you know aspect I think this is a good things so far this is uh, at least a sign that this Steelers offense might 
have some life in it and that maybe Kenny Pickett doesn't suck as bad as he's looked like uh, this last year. I will say that I did see a quote from the interim offensive coordinator that said something along the lines of, we've been incredibly conservative with Pickett through his first two years. And, you know, a lot of that is just down to wanting to set expectations, I think, for the most part, but also make sure that he's adjusted to the offense. Um, It's really easy for the assistant to say that instead of Matt Canada. I remember the Giants doing something very similar to this when they hired um, Joe Judge after they fired, um, oh man, I forgot his name, the longstanding offensive coordinator that we got from, I want to say the Vikings. Don't remember his name. Sorry to whoever that is. Uh, But regardless, you know, (laughs) Daniel Jones rookie year, you know, incredibly productive, looked pretty electric, wasn't incredibly fun. You know, he still had a lot of turnovers, but pretty open playbook for him and then joe judge comes in brings in jason garrett and you know just gets super conservative um to the point where daniel jones is not even worthy of being able to be on a lot of teams and redraft can't can't start really in super flex um was basically useless for the two years that or one and a half years that jason garrett was there before he got fired uh and then we started to see an uptick last year again with a more active and progressive offense which still had its limitations for that type of player. I think at the end of the day, all I want to say is that a lot of these young quarterbacks do unfortunately get stagnated by their coaching staffs. Um, I do think that we're in the situation where so many coaching staffs are concerned about their jobs. They'd rather win games by reducing turnovers. And instead what ends up happening is these quarterbacks that can be more productive end up not being because of, uh, you know, scared coaching, which, I think is really what you're seeing here. I don't think Pickett is necessarily good, but he does give me that vibe of, you know, kind of not gunslinger, but willing to do whatever he can to win a game type player. So, you know, going for three touchdowns, two interceptions will probably be a, a regular for him. But if that means that he's targeting Firemuth for nine catches, 11 times, and Firemuth was only on the field for, I think, like 55 to 60% of snaps, like, dude, sign me up. Like, that's what I want. So... It's pretty exciting for me. I'm, I'm pretty in line with what Jake's thinking. I mean, even Deontay, you know, should have had a touchdown. He was on another oh. planet. Like, he wasn't even he wasn't even in the game. Like, let's be honest. Like, there's multiple, like, the touchdown play, but also, like, the fumble. Like, there was, the fumble. There was about 15 different things. Um, I'm missing, like, a whole bunch of the comments here. I'm so sorry, Joe. Um, but I'll put some of these up on the screen. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, like, he was looking absolutely awful, uh, DJ, but he had eight targets. Like, I mean, I, I think everything they're doing um, and, and everything Pickett's doing is, is going in the right direction. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with it. Uh, I, I think we've always – not we've as a podcast. I, personally, I think I've always kind of been teetering on, like, he's not that bad. Like, he doesn't look that bad. Um, but he's also not that good either. But he, I think he'd definitely play in this league. And with the talent around him, I think he should be better than what we've seen this whole time. And, and I think that's what we're kind yes. of seeing. Um, come to fruition here with without Matt Canada. So real quick on Muth, we we mentioned him. Um, Eleven targets, nine catches, whatever. He had 116 yards or so. Look look great. How do we feel about Pat Fryermuth? Uh, I was looking at keep trade cut. I think he was around guys like uh, Michael Mayer and and Dallas Goddard. I feel like I'd pretty comfortably take him over those two guys. What what are you guys feeling about? The move. Uh, same. I mean, definitely over Mayer at this point, but I mean, I might consider Goddard, but that seems like a little too linear for me. I just, if I, I had moves, I'm keeping moves. Yeah. They have Ferguson there too, and I would honestly take Firemuth over Ferguson as well. Yeah, I very comfortably take him over Ferguson. Um, I just think he's yeah. and I like. Um, I mean, I know he was a much better prospect. I mean, he was like. I, I feel like we forget. Like it was a bad tight end class when he came out, but he is in line with guys like Cole Komet or um, even. I mean, definitely Michael Mayer as a prospect. But um, I, I think he was that kind of prospect coming out of. If I yeah. Didn't he come out with Pitts? Did he? Maybe he did. Maybe maybe. I'm right. pretty sure he did. Like I think that year, if my memory serves you correct, which is that doesn't always. Um, if Pitts wasn't in that draft, Firemuth would have been tight end one. And what Firemuth did his rookie year, we would have been talking about pretty highly if 
Pitts didn't have such an amazing rookie year. So I believe that's true. I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, uh, Pat Fryermuth, like, I'm all aboard. Like, wherever I have him, I'm pretty happy with it. I got uh, not to just rub salt in someone's wounds, but I was able to pick him up for free, basically, in a keeper league this past uh, two, two, three weeks ago, right before he got off IR. And honestly, that's going to be a huge dub because the rest of my team is kind of sucking ass right now. So uh, I'm going to have to keep him. That is pretty clutch. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next one, Jordan Love turning it around. All right. So Jordan Love. Is Jordan Love turning it around? I don't know, but he had a, he had a good game. He had a good game. Uh, Christian Watson had a pretty good game. Romeo Dubs is still kind of doing what Romeo Dubs does. I don't know. I don't know. I still, I'm so unsure of Jordan Love still. He doesn't pass my eye test. I'm going to tell you that. Like, even these weeks where he's doing well statistically, which he has done for, I think it's now his seventh straight top 10 performing week. Um, like, I don't know, man. Like, he, he misses wide open receivers who are making incredibly athletic plays. Like, two of his touchdowns could have easily been incomplete if they were to a different receiver. There's just something about him that just doesn't rub me right. And I am thrilled that I own him in a couple of leagues because I feel like this is the best time to sell again. I tried doing it before. Um, everyone knows I was trying to package him in like a first for CJ Stroud was not was not passing the sniff test in that that was like week two week three um, but I'm definitely going to try and go around that cycle again and see what else I can get because this is the time yeah I mean there's no doubt he's playing better like th- this past game he had an adjusted completion percentage of like 82 percent and he has a like a very high eight out on the season so he's throwing the ball downfield and he is throwing it more accurately recently than than he was earlier in the season. I mean, overall, still he has a pretty low completion percentage in general. But um, if you filter down for the past couple of weeks, it's it's definitely getting better, and uh, he's doing it while getting hit. So I mean, it. I mean, when I watch it, it doesn't look as bad as it's looked in the past. And he obviously doesn't have a ton of live game action, you know, in his resume. So True. he's. I think he's playing. I think he's playing well enough to keep the job for sure going into next year. Right. And and that may give him an opportunity to continue to improve a little bit. He has some pretty good weapons. He's building a connection with guys like Jaden Reed, who probably bearing the lead on, on him uh, being just a, a pretty awesome dynasty asset and a lower valued guy. But, uh, but yeah, I think Jordan Love is looking better and, and probably has some opportunity over the next year to improve. Will he, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have not been a big fan, but he, he just looks better. It's hard to ignore it. Yeah, I think what they got to do the fifth year option thing on him this off season. Figure that out. They pro- so, I imagine you know, the, they'll pick it up. This is I, this is his fourth year, right? So I think uh, you know that team has to make a decision. I think for us playing dynasty, you might want to try to get ahead of that. But if you're a little more conservative, I'd kind of try to wait to see what the team thinks before making a move one way or the other with with him. So. KTC comparison, Sam Howell or Jordan Love? Uh, it's easy, easily Jordan Love for me. I'm not a Sam Howell believer whatsoever. Um, I'm pretty much, I don't know. I the, the Sam Howell love I hear is kind of ridiculous. I forgot who I was listening to um, talk about how how he has been, not even how he's been a good quarterback, but how he's leading the league in passing and yada yada like who cares dude like, <laughs> i do not care that that sam howell leads the league in passing whatsoever i i just i don't think he's a great quarterback i think that he's backup level quarterback he definitely is scrappy as hell like has that dog in him all all of the all of the uh, intangibles right he's got it all for sure but he's just he is what he is like he's an undersized mobile guy who can launch the ball downfield, but makes a lot of mistakes, takes too many sacks and isn't on a great team that has any reason to stick with him. Uh, if, if they, you know, run into any kind of better option. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, Sam Howell's at QB. What is it? QB 15. Jordan loves at QB 18. Um, another interesting one. Another guy I don't have particularly high, but the community does Brock Purdy or Jordan love. Oh man, Brock Purdy for sure, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. 
I don't, I, I just don't think Brock Purdy is it. I think Brock Purdy sits in the same situation that Sam Howell does, you know, seventh round pick. They could easily get off. They could easily get off of him very quickly. Like, yeah, he's not. He doesn't perform particularly well in in high pressure games. We're talking about a team that needs to win Super Bowls. He could easily get put onto you know a bottom tier team pretty quickly. I just don't see a long term future for him as a quarterback for a team like that. That's just the way I see it. Yeah, no, like I I don't think I don't think like in comparison I don't really like it, but I agree with what you're saying in a vacuum for Brock Purdy, right? Like. Obviously, they don't. They also, you know, have no reason to stick with him. Uh, Capital-wise, they didn't spend anything on him, but he could just be dragged to a Super Bowl and then they stick with him. Like Sam Howell has no chance of that happening. So I like I like Brock Purdy much more as an asset, just because I think that his, the team around him will lift him up to a point where he's going to be a much more stable asset dynasty-wise. Like he'll probably have a starting job with the 49ers for the next couple of years, as long as he's on a cheap contract, you know what I mean? As long as it's not going to cost them that much, he'll probably be there. Cause yeah, he, I mean, QB wins, right? Like he wins games. He does win games. He's Jimmy Garoppolo plus and Jimmy Garoppolo stayed there for a while. Isn't that what Joe Flacco did? And when Joe Flacco was in Baltimore, you know, he wasn't particularly performing at an incredibly high level. They won a Super Bowl relatively early into his career and he ended up having a pretty stable career there. So yeah, I think that's a completely reasonable counter. Yes. Yeah, Joe Flacco, East Coast, Derek Carr. Don't bring up that man's name. <laughs> you hate that guy. All right. All right. So this is a cool segment, Underdog Under the Hood. We're going to talk about just some of the things that we think about and talk about the things we think about. So questions here are like, uh, do you find it mentally challenging to throw in the towel on a season and rebuild? Is it less fun, more taxing, and how do you approach to keep that fire going. And I, I can start, I just, uh, this is the first year since I've been playing Dynasty where I ran into this. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I usually, uh, I, I usually have decent teams. And this year I, I, I ended up, I, I mean, in console wars, I, tough division. And I, I don't know how I'm doing as bad as I am, but I realized I have zero chance of making this playoffs. And I don't even know what the other three, two divisions look like. And so this is the first time I've ever actually actively had to sell players. And I got to tell you, once you realize that what you're, that's what you have to do, I find it easy. Like I, I find the joy of selling these players. Like it's making me feel good every deal I get done. Uh, which I, I can see why people like perpetually rebuild because like, <laughs> just like trading away shit you don't really want and getting something back. It's kind of nice. But I'm trying to be cautious that I don't go overboard and I still have, so I'll, I don't want to do a three-year rebuild. I want to do like a retool. Um, but I think I may have found myself in a situation with other leagues where I'm going to have to end up doing that prime next year. And the hesitance to do it because like you just want to win and you think your team is good has probably held me back to start a retool a year later than I probably should have. But uh, to keep that fire going, it's just uh, actually doing it, being active and sending out those trade offers and actually getting those trades done and getting those Derek, Derek Henry's off your roster, those, uh, you know, the Stefan Diggs off your roster and stuff like that. Like, they're still really good players that people want. But, uh, you know, once you make a few of those deals, you'll find yourself kind of turning gears and like, okay, this is what I'm doing with this team. And this is actually kind of fun and exciting. So because just watching them die in your roster, that is not fun. <laughs> uh, sitting there at you know six and five five and six with assets that like you know teams with seven or eight wins like could actually use like it feels better to ship them off and in a weird way for me i mentioned this in our discord like i shipped off a couple players and i've seen them actually do well or have some of their best weeks afterwards and like some strange reason like i actually feel better about it like it's like I sent off a good, like, I made a good trade for both of us. Like, I, I feel good about it. I don't know why, but I, I just do. Oh, wow. That's, so. that's nice of you. It's kind of you. I never, I never feel <laughs> I that know. way. <laughs> yeah. Like, for well, instance, what, Mike what, Evans' what? season right now. Like, I, I'm so upset that Mike Evans is having a great season. Like, that's I'm, that's I'm a little different, but yeah. Is it a little, it's the same idea. 
Like, yeah, it's just, I mean, you were training Mike Evans not two weeks ago. You're doing it before the season started. Like, yeah, but still, you weren't training like, them after you realized you're not going anywhere. Yeah, but I literally I thought Mike Evans was not going to do any of this either. So, like, I yeah, I could have got a lot more for Mike Evans given exactly given what's happened. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. that's that's my thoughts on that part. No, that that's fair. I'll, I'll go. I'm, you know, I haven't had an incredibly long. Uh, dynasty career so far but i feel like i've already been able to experience a lot of different types of builds in a very short period of time because of the luxury of orphans um i will say that (laughs) i do find it significantly more mentally challenging to maybe that's because i am mentally challenged i don't know but because (laughs) of the fact that i am tanking so heavily in one league like it's just such a weird construct for me because i'm just so used to trying to win in everything that i participate in that's like slightly competitive and so you know like i went balls to the wall tank like i've i've never thought that i would ever own a team that looked like that and you know this team is now outputting like 60 55 point weeks every single week and i'm like dude this shit looks great (laughs) <laughs> like, this, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm like looking for at possible points. And I'm like, oh, my gap is like 200 points. There's no one coming for me. And that's that's out of 36 teams. So I was like, man, I really tried wow. hard this year. Wow. And, you know, that's the, it was one of those things where the team that I had taken in wasn't even that bad, but it was just old. So like I needed to get rid of assets as quickly as I possibly could, knowing that their values could depreciate even faster than they were on my roster. You know, like, Guys like Austin Eckler got rid of him for a first and second before the season started. Looking at it now, I'm like, it's probably what I still could have gotten, maybe. So it's like trying to really decide when is the best time to sell certain players and when you're in those types of situations. If I had Eckler and Evans both on that team right now, I might be sixth, seventh, or eighth potentially impossible points, and I wouldn't be you know, having that 101. So what's more important to me, having that 101 or having that 104 potentially or 103. So I had to kind of divvy that up in my head as well when I was making these decisions and not trying to be too harsh on myself thinking about, you know, maybe I could have gotten uh, an extra second on top of that. Is that equivalent to getting the 101? Probably not, because I wouldn't be able to trade that extra second to get the 101. So where's that kind of logic falling into place? And those are the types of things I don't really think about with you know, my own startups, right? Most of my startups that I've ever built have been built to try and succeed in year one. Um, and it just, fi- I just find it to be, you know, more challenging in the sense that it's just not naturally how I think, but I do find it to be just as fun. I wouldn't say it's less fun. It's just a completely different way to attack something. And I think if you have a large portfolio of teams, it's really important, I think, to try and come at each of them with a different strategy because otherwise then you're just playing the same thing over and over and over again. So this definitely makes the enjoyment factor for me far more entertaining than all of my teams being built the same. Yeah, and I think I think it's hard, honestly, to build your teams the same um, unless you're playing with literally the exact same group of people and they're getting like similar draft position. But it's, it's just, yeah, I, I think it's difficult to do that. But... Um, one way or another i do think that it's first of all i do think it's good to have rebuilding in your portfolio in general and to be familiar with it because one way or another you're going to run into it and need to do it um i think it's fun as well i kind of look at it all um i look at all of them as kind of like puzzles and like you're just trying to find the right pieces to fit in the right spots for that specific league and for that team and then so when i'm i just find it as like another challenge you know what i mean it's that's for me that's it's like an entertaining challenge trying to figure out how to take a team that was probably good at one point unless it was just a disaster which is a whole nother story you're trying to fix you know a bunch of issues and mistakes that you made but most of the time for me it's been coming from teams that were good at one point and trying to figure out how to rebuild those teams quickly and that's just a challenge in its own um, rather than just trying to keep a contender alive which is you know another challenge in and of itself so for me, that's how like I try to enjoy each of them. They're just different ways of playing the game and trying to get to, I guess, the same goal. It's just you know different, um, different phases. So, yeah, I, I think you guys really went through it um, in an interesting way, for sure. All right, uh, next one. Are you able to walk away from trades and just say never mind? I know where this question comes from because 
a lot of times you might not even get like trade offers in certain leagues at a regular interval that we would care for. So sometimes just getting the offer or, or even the conversation going kind of gets your juices flowing. Uh, but once you realize that like you're not even on the same page, like is it easy for you to just like walk away and say, nah, I don't need this right now? How about I do you, quick. Billy? <laughs> you do it quick. Yeah. Oh, I did. As, as soon as soon as the uh, as soon as yeah. the values are completely off, it's really easy for me to just be like, okay, yeah, no, good, good, good. But but what and, if but what yeah. if the values are close though, and you need the piece and they won't budge on the price? Will you? Are you still good to walk away? Yeah, yeah. I I still I absolutely like. At that situation, I walk and I typically come back in a couple of days with some type of like other offer, usually like three to four days. Usually kind of I my hope is that that player that I'm going for has a down week. And that's just like my my hope and my pray is that, you know, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to shoot for that same offer that I sent you last week. It's not going to change, even though because my valuation on that player isn't going to change off of a week, but yours might. So that's the way I see it. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to budge from what my value is, is kind of the way I, I'm looking at it, unless we can try and be creative. And usually most people aren't creative when coming back. It's usually just like, oh, this is, this is what my final offer is. I'm like, okay, cool. Great. Love talking to you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, like I'm, I'm the same as Jake for sure. Um, I'm very, I'm very quick to say no, um, almost to make a point and, uh and to kind of pressure the other person because i think a lot of the time people think that they're going to stand their ground and that's going to push you to a, a point of at least maybe you know massaging the offer and i think sometimes when you just hit them with a hard all right no i'm cool man uh and walk away they're like kind of stunned and typically i don't even get to the point where i have to send another offer most of the time if i wait a day or two they're going to send me an offer um of the similar you know same or similar offer to what kind of i was trying to get um, or they'll send me a message or something like that so that's the kind of tactic i try to play i try to play you know their own hand against them in a way um so i'm always kind of strategically looking at those kind of things um walking away but yeah like i'm obviously i'm not in any hurry to get a deal done like i don't think anybody should be in a hurry to get a deal done you should want to get deals done and i want to get deals done for sure and if there's opportunity there i'll explore it but um i'm not in a hurry to do anything to to just make a trade and uh and and maybe hurt myself for whatever reason yeah not gonna happen all right uh last one here but uh because this happened to me today so i threw it up on there but what do you do when someone hits you in the dms and they're just like hey what's your price for this player like my first instinct is just like well i know what it is like I'm like, well, what do you got? Send something over. Like, I don't, I'm not going to tell you what my price is. It's a, whatever's fair to you. Like, well, how bad do you want? I'm like, you send me an offer. I have something you want. So come to me and, you know, send me something. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of essentially what I did, but just, it's just one of those, it's probably like one of my worst, like DMs I get when it comes to trading is just like, Psst. hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> I see you got David Montgomery. Um, what what you want for him? It's like, well, I don't know, man. You can send me something. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about this. We can, we, we can skip this whole part here and just get to the meet. You know, send me something. So, so did we did did we not talk about the uh, I do the work tax on yes, here? We did. We yeah, did. We All right, yes, that's we did. Yeah. that's kind of like this, right? I mean, no, that's part of this, like. I mean, definitely. But in this respect, I do think that there is that, like, if you're going to come to me asking me my price, I'm going to give you an inflated price. Like, fine, here, here's my price. And if you're going to pay it, then that great. You know what I mean? If not, then, then you can work me down, I guess. Um, but that, that's the kind of work that I'm definitely not willing to, to do for somebody. Um, you know, going out and sending an offer isn't doing work because I was going to do that anyway. But uh, yeah, like, don't come to me and ask me my price. Like, that's literally like, you're like, yo, let me see your little black book real quick. No, no. Why? Like, I'm not giving you my rank. Like, you may as well just be like, yo, can you send me your rankings real quick? I want to see uh, what what I can <laughs> what I can snag off your roster that I find uh, low value. You know, it's like that's not the way it works. So, 
Um, yeah, definitely never answer that question. Just, you know, from a strategic standpoint, it's just not a smart move. I have one response and it's typically I'll send a trade of only the players that I ever want from their team. And I tell them to pick the players from that pool or else we're not talking. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's, it's, it's just like, that's it. Like if you don't send me a single, a single player within that deal, like okay. of those group of guys that I'm interested in. Yeah. then we have no deal. That's basically the way I look at it. And more often than not, they typically don't send a trade back. And I'm just like, okay, cool. <laughs> sounded like we weren't on the same page of me wanting to trade with you. Like, I, don't just send me, like, don't don't send me yeah. some bullshit where you're going to send me like, you know, three, three thirds or something for like a dude who's, you know, an early second value. And I'm like, oh yeah, what a great offer. No, no, no. Like, here's what I want fit that into a deal you do the work and then we figure it out like it's it's not it's not challenging like did you not know that i wanted your best assets okay cool cool yeah yeah i i think i had some similar happen with uh, tyree kill in a different league they're like they're like oh well i got this and i was like a couple thirds and this i was like you can send me one singular player that's the equivalent value to tyree kill and i'll make that deal with you or you know <laughs> That's it. Like, I don't know. I have to tell you, man. <laughs> you could do all this, or you could just send a fair offer. Like, jeez, it's the same thing. Yeah, uh, five nickels equals a quarter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I only have room for a quarter. I just want a quarter. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. We'll we'll have some some more stuff. I, I like talking this stuff through, um, especially when Jake's on. He always brings a good perspective. So. We'll have different topics if if anybody listening wants to talk about anything specific in terms of like just like you know mental parts of of the of the game theoretic you know dynasty theory parts of the game we'll, we'll definitely chop it up about that kind of stuff um when jake's on more often than not all right let's hop into some trades non-trades and get out of here who's got this first one i guess i do technically it's it yeah. is my trade but i think billy billy threw this in here um this honestly actually goes really well with the underdog under the hood segment because i've got the weirdest team in the world my du3 team is you know (laughs) what do you do when all your players get injured (laughs) like what the fuck do you do dude like i don't really understand how how the fantasy game works at this point um yeah no i i really found myself in a situation where all of my my bigger assets all died at the same time and I didn't want to pay up to compete uh, because I didn't think that my team was good enough to compete against probably the top two teams in that league without really, really giving up a ton. Uh, no, not your team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's Matt and uh, Tiny Rod. What is it? Oh. Tiny Fist? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So sorry, dude. Don't don't oh, give Matt's God. ego any any more juice. He doesn't need any more. I'm just talking from a, a PP perspective. I'm just talking from, from a PP that's me right below you coming for your ass. Yeah, that's that's yeah. in here. That's in your own division, bro. There's two divisions. Check the other one. Anyway, long story short, there's another yeah. one. <laughs> it, it's it's significantly shittier by all means, but there is another. <laughs> I'm so I'm so bad that I'm in second in that division. But anyway, long story short, I was in a situation where. I was kind of like mid-year, I wouldn't call it tanking, but retooling to still be competitive so that Joe, if he's still listening, gets kind of fucked with my draft pick. So I had given up a a first for 2024, kind of felt like my team wasn't going to um, compete for the rest of the year uh, at the championship level. And I wanted to add some talent into the team as Joe Burrow had just gone down. So I sent out an offer thinking it wasn't going to get accepted. Little did I know there were some other circumstances to the, to the situation. So before I went to sleep that night, I sent out Mac Jones and Ramondre Stevenson for Deshaun Watson. My running back situation is pretty stable on that team. I got uh, Bijan and Pacheco with a couple of other guys who can easily score around 10 points per game. So I felt pretty comfortable with sending out that trade, thinking I was going to get you know a pretty big uptick in quarterback value moving forward. Little did I know that morning, Deshaun Watson was ruled out for the rest of the season <laughs> with <laughs> shoulder injury and shoulder surgery, which, you know, the other owner happened to be really, really nice and was just like, hey, do you want to, like, I've already accepted, but do you want me to cancel? And I was just like, no, nah, dude, like I sent it out without knowing the situation. That's on me. Like, it's all good. Let's push it through. What are your thoughts on the trade? 
Uh, I think long term, it's a, it's a good trade for you. I'd rather have Watson on my team, uh, tanking, contending, whatever, than Mac Jones and Stevenson. Honestly, I mean, I don't have to get into it too much, but I don't think Mac Jones has much of a career as an actual starter uh, in the league. Unfortunately, I think he's good enough that he could. Um, no shade, Billy, but I think the Patriots have just really shit the bed the last four or five years, uh, acquiring talent and things like that. And Stevenson's a running back who's going to be old before we know it. So uh, Deshaun Watson, probably. No shade. I mean, that's absolutely the truth. They've actually, they've jacked up Mac Jones' career. They've jacked up the whole situation there. Uh, but I digress. Uh, yeah, I, I like this deal a lot for you, especially considering kind of the way your team devolved. Like, it doesn't really matter that Deshaun Watson isn't scoring points for you. It's actually a good thing because you probably want to – I don't know if you have your first. I don't know if you said that. But either way, I think for I whatever remaining picks I, you have – Yeah, I don't have my first. That's tough. Yeah, that is tough then. Yeah, I mean, what you're doing though, I mean, I know because I bought a player off of you. I think trying to move, uh, you know, the rest of these elder statesmen that are on your roster for whatever you can or for the most that you can. Um, and you, I think you did go with uh, Keenan Allen. I think you got, a, you got my first off me for that, which is probably the most you'll get for Keenan going forward. And those kind of moves are what you need to do at this point. So I think this is kind of in line with that anyway. It's moving off pieces like Mac Jones, who is absolutely dead in the water, and Ramondre Stevenson, who is just another running back at the end of the day, into a quarterback who we know where he's going to be, what he's going to be doing for the next couple of years here. Um, and I think he was looking better personally as the season went on. So I, I, I like Deshaun Watson, the football player and, and fantasy player. So um, <laughs> Nice caveat. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to like say those sentences, right? Like I absolutely don't like Deshaun Watson. But um, I think the, the points he's scoring work well on a fantasy team. So <laughs> there's that. Okay. All right. Uh, next one is offer I sent. So I got that text message. It was like, hey, what's your price for X? X happened to be David Montgomery. I got offered. I got that message from the guy who is got the very best team in the league um, out of 36 teams. So, and he has his first, his second, his third. He has all his picks still, too. So he has assets to move. So I sent him an offer. Um, Normally, I wouldn't with that message, but I send them offer for his first for money, straight up. That first is going to be 112 or 111. I take the pick. I don't think you're going to get that much more. No, I don't think so. Either. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to take much less. So, yeah, I, I feel like you gave him a market value price when you could have added to that. Like, especially because he asked you for your value and you gave him an offer. Like, almost like what Billy was saying before, like, I'd almost add that additional tax of me having to do the work. Um, and maybe you can come down to that first by itself. Uh, but I don't know. For me, I'd even, I'd probably be willing to add a first and a third at the very beginning and walk out of there. I probably should have done First that. and a fourth, something like that. Maybe even a first and a, a second two years from now or something along those lines. Like, I, I feel like if you were the one who's having to have to send that trade, tell him to go for himself basically with your offer. And if he accepts, he accepts. But if it's like relatively in the fair range, you know, then they counter and you, you find some middle ground. But I think, I think it's still good value. I just think it's market value. I tend to do that just cause I tend not to try to go back and forth too often. Yeah, that's fair. Talking to other people sucks most of the time. So I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I talk to Billy more than I talk to anybody else in the world. So <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think it's fair. So that's what happens. Uh, okay. I forgot. I don't think either one of these are actually mine, but they were in leagues that were in one of these. Is I think DU three. I think the Josh Downs one is Josh Downs four twenty four second third and fourth. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, I, I like Josh Downs. So depending on where those picks are, I might take Downs over them. Yeah, if that's. A- I don't know if those are like early second if that's an early second early third early fourth then i probably can go pick side but like i'm i'm probably i have jet downs now at like 111 112 in my mind as a rookie as a rookie yeah. pick i have seen i've seen him going for a first in a lot of leagues so i feel like this seems a little cheap um but like i said if this is like 201 or 202 and a 301 
401, something like that, then sure. But I just, I don't see that. It's probably how it's panning out, unfortunately. It's probably more like 210, 310, 410 or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, then that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably roll the, uh, roll the dice on Josh Downs as well. My internet is probably lagging behind, so I apologize for that. But this last one is from Console Wars. Tank Dell, another Tank Dell trade. Tank Dell for Zay Flowers, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Hyatt. This is an interesting one. I like, I kind of like the Dell side, man. I kind of like the Dell side. What do you guys think? I actually got this offer. Um, funny enough, the person who owns Flowers, Bigsby, and Hyatt did the, you know, stereotypical move in console wars, which I do as well. So I can't make fun, but you know, you send out the same trade to all three owners and see who bites. Um, funny enough, I hadn't seen the trade. I was already leaning to no, and I had sent it over to Billy. Billy gave me feedback pretty, pretty swiftly. I had already rejected funny enough before he had responded. Um, and even funnier enough, before I had responded to, to the group in the group chat, I had already seen like the league group chat. One of the other league members was already like, Hey, can you process this trade? <laughs> I was like, Oh, I already know exactly what trade is going down. Cause I knew that he had dank tanked L and I was just like, huh? Interesting. I'm surprised that that went through, but I'm glad to see that, you know, the person who sent out those trades was successful with what they were doing. Um, personally, I just don't see any real value for Bigsby and Hyatt. And I feel like right now tank for flowers straight up, just I'd rather keep Dale, especially with the build that I had. I think it's fair. Uh, unfortunately, Bigsby, we're probably have to wait a while to have any real value for him again uh but i'm pretty high in flowers I, i've been pretty vocal about that so this is something I, I might do if i had the roster spot i don't, I don't typically want to take on three players for one of my star players in, in general I, I you know i'd rather have dell maybe flowers and a pick um versus flowers and then big speed and hyatt because i mean just kind of re reset there um but yeah, holding on to tell, I think, was probably the smart move for you. All right. Um, if there's nothing else you guys want to talk about, let's get out of here. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Thanks, everyone, for giving us a listen. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uri Dawkins, at Willie Beeman, DFF, at Jake, Jake Abrams. Um, listen to us on Spotify if you can. Check us out on YouTube. Join our Discord. It's amazing. And y'all have a wonderful night.